When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 156 of... On this episode, I'm talking to Sahar, who is a comedian based here in Dubai, was where I am at the moment. Uh, Did a gig last night in McGettigan's. And uh, that was great, Craig. Kind of Father Ted themed uh, thing. And I'll be going down there later on as well for another brunch event. Um, but Sahar's based here in uh, Dubai. She grew up in uh, in Ireland, uh, but been here for and is involved in the uh, local comedy scene. So that was interesting to find out about that. She's also uh, a spoken word artist, and uh, uh, it's just interesting to find out what what the scene is that's outside of like the uh, international scene where they bring over comedians like myself or, or, or other people from the UK to do gigs here. And uh, so, yeah, had a good old chat. Uh, I'm over here in Dubai for another couple of days, but to be honest, I'm going to university and I have to uh, study. I'm bleeding, reading books and everything and taking bleeding notes and all that crack uh, while, I'm, while I'm here. So I'm not sure if I'm... Uh, going out that much I'm going out maybe just to um, take a few photographs for some assignment I have to do but uh, uh, I'll try and get out anyway so um, yeah, yeah it's a tough life tough life ah Jesus it's tough altogether loads of gigs coming up uh, I'll be uh, in the laughter lounge on the 25th 26th 27th and again then a couple of weeks later on the 9th 10th and 11th but in the meantime on the 3rd and 4th there's the craggy island Christmas show in Taylor's Three Rock in Ratfarnham I want to say um, that's a show there with Owen McLove and uh, myself Father Damo of course uh, doing a bit of stand up and a lovely girls competition and we'll have a band the Bishop Brennan's kick arse band I'll, probably, I'll get up and sing it definitely definitely do a few songs probably do a Bowie song or something uh, love doing Bowie and of course uh Owen McLove will sing My love, Lovely Mayo Mammy. Lots of gigs coming up. And uh, if you're, uh, well, of course, we don't know if things will be shutting down. But in the meantime, if they're not, I'm uh, doing a, a gig in, uh, I think it's in Mullingar on the uh, on the 17th of December in Columbia Mills. And um, I know I'm doing a gig in Mallow on the 23rd of December, but 
I have a fucking clue where the venue is. I'll find out before I go, of course, so that I know uh, where I'm performing. And if you're in the UK in January, get your tickets now. On the 14th of January, I'll be in the Green Room in Stockport. On the 15th of January, I'm in the Redgrave Theatre in Bristol. And on the 16th of January, I'm in the Palace Theatre in Mansfield. So that's what's coming up for me. But in the meantime, enjoy this conversation with Zahar Ali. I did, yes, most of my life in Ireland. And you went to UCD, and when you went to UCD, is that when you started getting involved in drama? Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was actually quite funny because I, I hadn't any intention to join the Drama Society, but I was walking past them one day during Freshers' Week, and my friend, now she's my friend, well, she's not anymore, I haven't talked to her in a few years, how are you doing, Katie? Um, she goes, um, hey, do you want pizza? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd love some pizza, free pizza, class. Um, and she was like, well, come down to the basement later and you'll have your free pizza. And I was like, great. So I went to the basement uh, in the arts, um, the arts building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just stayed there for six years. Like that was, that became my life. Um, first it was just about going to see plays and hanging out with people. But then after like my first year, I kind of dipped my, my foot into the water. Is that a phrase? And mm-hmm. then... Um, <laughs> And then started doing the the the, the plays and stuff, but it wasn't um, it was it was really through improv that I got into it got into it because that's when you uh, you just kind of trust yourself and trust the next word to come out of your mouth, yeah. and if you can do that, once you have the ability to trust the next word that comes out of your mouth, having planned or not planned it, then I think you're ready for the stage. Okay, um, yeah. uh, that's really what instilled confidence in me, I think, uh, more than anything else. Yeah, improv. Uh, and was it, it was uh, long form, was it? Um, well, not, w- or, but you weren't f- trying to be funny, it was improv, but not, you didn't have to be funny? Or? Yeah, we didn't have to be funny, yeah. Yeah, but it was just workshops. So I started uh, doing short, it was very short form, I think, mm. when you're doing it, just little bursts in the workshops until we went on to the, to the to long form ones. Like, it's mm. not something that I would ever go on stage and be like, oh, I'm doing an improv show, would you come down? Um, like no offense to people doing improv, I just don't think it's like something you'd go and watch. I think it's just a skill that everybody needs. Okay. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a really important skill for for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, public, pu- not just performers, but public speakers as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so so you did a drama, you did uh, improv, and um, did you start doing spoken word then from that? No, I didn't start no. that until 2016. Because okay. I, I actually lived, from 2014 to 16, I moved to Saudi Arabia. And then when I came back, I was, because I, when I was there, it was pretty grim. Um, uh, I had a great job and great friends, but there wasn't really much going on. And I think I just needed that, some sort of arts thing mm-hmm. to just keep me fulfilled, I guess. So when I came to Ireland, and I've always loved spoken word, I was like, I'm doing everything that I missed out on when I was in Saudi. So I just leapt into it, and then I just, I was good. So, yeah. So were you writing before that, or you just started writing? Um, yeah, I was always writing, always mm-hmm. writing, but never uh, to that extent, I think. Mm. Yeah. But And then the thing about spoken word is like, you know, spoken word is poetry that is written to be spoken. So 
having already gained all my speaking abilities, I was ready to go on stage and emote the words in ways that can I, I can make the audience cry and stuff. So I didn't necessarily have the right, the poetry writing skills as like some of my really amazing talented poet friends would have, but I did have the the performance skills. So I think that's what gave me a, I, I, my my poetry just went very quickly, you know. I, I yeah. Yeah, I saw one of them uh, on Instagram. Um, what's it? Wordsworth. Um, we don't need your daffodils or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember. But that's brilliant. Yeah. And the performance is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that was like, what was it? Um, words, words, words were worth nothing more than the words of Instagram poets of today. And it was, uh, so the whole thing, and we don't need your daffodils, William. It was just a kind of a, a, a nod to how, like, everybody told us that poetry was made by old white men in the 1500s or Shakespeare and, you know, like the way they teach it in schools where, mm. where they're like, what do you think, it, what do you think that means? And then you tell her what you think. And she goes, no, it's not that. And you're like, you don't know. You don't fucking know. Um, but so now it's kind of like we can do whatever we want with poetry. We yeah. can, it could be a 30 second funny Instagram reel. And it, it's, I'd still call it poetry just because Shakespeare wouldn't have liked it doesn't mean it's not poetry. Yeah. I'm sure he would have liked it though. He probably would. Yeah. He was probably he was probably the rebel of his time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, uh, so were, were you doing stand up before spoken word then? I was. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I when when I was in Saudi, I started a blog called Sarcasm, mm. um, and I started to document my experience over there and compare the Saudi experience to the Irish experience. Because I got a bit of a culture shock when I was there. And then I got an even bigger culture shock when I came back and I was like, this is, why is everybody like this? Um, so I started to write about it and it just got a little bit popular and then people started inviting me to do, to speak at comedy, mm. to, to do comedy uh, at the festivals and stuff. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, you, you got a culture shock when you came back from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. In what sense? In the sense of like, the way, the growing up in a place, you think that's, your way, that's just the way that things are. And then you go somewhere else where things, that's the way things are, but in a different way. And mm. then you come back, you realize you're like, why are things that way? Like, why, why, why is that the case? Like, why are, why are we doing this? Or um, it was, sometimes it was little things. Like when, when I'm in Saudi, I meet somebody and they put their hand out, shake their hand. Mm. Um, in Ireland, people just don't do that. Um, so I was in my early 20s then, and people in their early 20s just didn't really shake hands. They'd just be like, give you a little wave or something mm. um uh and it's, it's little things like that to to more extreme things like people everywhere i go people are like where are you from no where are you really from no oh, where are you no. really from where are you really from i'm just like who cares like i don't want, like in ireland people would stop me in the street and go hey where are you from and i'd be like do i don't do i know you like what's this for like why, why do you need to know mm. um and uh yeah, which is weird because here in Dubai, I might someone might ask me where are you from, and I'll say I'm from Sudan, and they'll be like, "No, you're not. Like you sound like Conor McGregor. Like what? <laughs> 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 They're like, where are you really from? I'm like, okay, Ireland. So it's like a uh, that's a, the thing about here. Everybody's from so many different countries that we all relate to that feeling of like growing up somewhere that isn't really yours, and yeah. and, and being just a traveler of the world, um, and and. Uh, Everybody, yeah. Does it matter even what, like, uh, what 
country of, I mean honestly I don't give a shit yeah I don't care like it's not the only time that I might have fun with where someone's from is if you're on a night out and you see someone like I, I might see an Irish person I'm like oh big Irish head on you and then we'd have a little chat about Ireland yeah you obviously have the shared cultural yeah. things that you only you will know exactly about. exactly yeah, yeah but yeah. that's that's pretty much it like it's very interesting though if you do a comedy gig here if you go you're asking people where they're from and you get a lot of um it's it's kind of like in Ireland where you, you someone say I'm from Kerry you have a joke about Kerry yeah I'm from Cork I have a joke about Cork but here you have to kind of cover every country mm. and have a joke about every country you know you might have a German and or, or like a or a Saudi or a German and a Saudi sitting together and you're like how did you how did this happen yeah so it, it, it kind of opens up the world a little bit more yeah yeah um so uh, uh, that leads me into the whole thing that you're doing uh, stand-up comedy in in Dubai so what's the scene like here the scene is, it's great. We have a really nice community and everybody mm. takes care of each other uh, and looks after each other. So that, 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 that's mm. the benefit of it being really small. And mm. um, all the producers would link up and make sure that like, uh, oh, I'm doing this huge gig on Wednesday. Would you do yours on Thursday? Like that kind of stuff. So we don't like screw each other over or whatever. Mm. But the, the biggest difference I think is because it's very new. We, ha- we don't necessarily do, but like we have somewhat of a responsibility to build the scene. Mm. So when, like, if I'm looking for a new venue somewhere, everyone else would kind of try and help me book that venue because they know it's good for the scene and we want to build it and, um, and uh, you know, get more gigs and mm. get some, some money or whatever, But because there, there isn't um, any money in it here, really. Yeah. Um, which is wild because there's so much money. It's just that we just have to find it and tap into it and stuff because, the, you know, the thing about here, you need a visa to live here. So mm. you need a job to live here. Mm. So there's, there's very, f- I'd say less than a handful of comedians who actually are full-time comics in this country. Um, uh, and even then they'd have to dabble in other things. Like they'd have to also be a producer or be something else. So, um, mm. because it's all very new. Like we, we have, a, we have a, another handful of local Emirati comedians. And one of them is my friend Abs Ali, um, hilarious dude. But he started 10 years ago and they would have been some of the first comedians here like yeah so um and he's he's the first Emirati comedian he started 10 years ago so I mean it's not like Ireland which is older like you know yeah so um and there's no actual comedy clubs like venues just for comedy yeah and we'd we'd always just get a night somewhere else uh but it but but that's also kind of the exciting thing about it because you get to do new things and everything everything that you do is new or like if you if you're like you can come back and go i want to do a roast battle and everyone's like that's revolutionary and you're like yeah i thought of it myself i, I invented <laughs> roast battles like um yes yeah, so i'm trevor i'm ed and i'm andrea and we are the, the sinistream, sinistream club, club where we take a movie that society deems a classic and put it to the sinistream test where we ask all the tough questions like does this movie make any sense? Why isn't Tom Hanks in this movie? How many sandwiches are in this film? What kind of watches are people wearing? Was that sex scene really necessary? Says my mother. What trivia does Trev know in Trev's trivia? What trivia do I know in Trev's trivia? That's what I said. I, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these questions and more will be answered every fortnight in the Cine Stream Club. Available from wherever you get your podcasts. And the Headstuff Podcast Network. And would you get to do uh, uh, gigs in Bahrain or Amman or anything like that? With the yeah, a lot of people used yeah. to do a gig gigs in Amman before COVID because the you could just drive there and yeah. uh, it, it was it was easy. If you, I think if you have 
a visa for here, you can just go to Amman, so you don't need yeah. to worry about any licenses or whatever. And we would just, we, ha- we had some connects that we would just go. Yeah. Um, but uh, the border's closed now, so. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know if it's still closed, but yeah, yeah. it's been closed. Uh, is there any interaction between, you know, the international comedians come over here and they're brought over by, like, for example, I was brought over by McGettigan's, but there doesn't seem to be any connection between that scene yeah, yeah, you'd think, that, you'd think that if they bring an a international comedian, they'd also bring a support act to support... From the local yeah. scene. But nobody cares about us. Um, well. but, uh, but So I think there is, like, well, I actually met the manager of a while ago, and, he, and I asked him had anyone approached him, and he said no. And it's not bad that anyone approached him, because it's, it's new. We haven't approached everybody yet. Yeah, know? okay. So I think there's still conversations to be had, so... Definitely, I think that should be the thing. That's the best way to develop a local scene is to start off supporting the bigger acts. I'm not saying I'm that big, but uh, um, and then developing into being the headlines. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because comedy lovers will come to see people like yourself and then they'll Mm. catch one of us and then be like, and then they'll see that we're doing something else and they'll go to that and then that's that's the only way to do it because it's very difficult to to maintain people like someone you might do a gig someone might follow you on instagram and then they might come to another show or two but they probably won't um from instagram yeah yeah uh so i mean we do we have a lot of regulars and stuff like that which is good but uh, it's it's yeah it's 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 difficult to you want to get those people who are coming to the mcgannigan's gigs or whatever to, to yeah go yeah because they're the ones with the money they're the yeah. the white irish expats <laughs> in mcgannigan's have the cash to hand over to us. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that's it. Like, that's, like, we do a lot of our gigs for free, but because we're taking a night from a very bougie Dubai venue, we have to really make it worth their while to take us. So we have to be like, oh, but we'll bring the white people in and they'll spend money in your bar. So, and they're like, oh, white people, class. That's, really? Um, yeah. I mean, you don't say that loud, but... I, I will, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the weird thing, I've been over here a lot, good few times, uh, but I ne- only once got to speak in depth with a local. Yeah. A girl, a girl when I went to, see, went to the mosque in uh, Abu Dhabi, and uh, I got talking to a girl there. But it's very hard to meet locals here. It is, but are you spending most of your time in bars? Uh, well, <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, maybe yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they wouldn't be going to bars. Like, you could, you, if you go to the, they'd be spending a lot of time in cafes and like shisha places and stuff like that. Okay, well, yeah. I must find out where the cafes yeah. are then. Mm. Um, uh, so, you do spoken word here as well in Dubai? I do, yes. Where do you do that? Um, much the same. We'll pick any kind of random venues. Yeah. There's some really good places out here like Blank Space and po- the Poetry Hood and uh, mm. every now and then you might get a book festival or a theatre festival that you can perform at. Uh, it's a good scene. Uh, yeah. It's it's really interesting. Like I, I did a gig with these guys called Commune. Um, I host their poetry nights sometimes and mm. there's a venue that they have in Bur Dubai which is a predominantly Indian community. Um, so when I do poetry there they might be people who come and perform and then they'll, they'll do poems in Hindi as well mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing about poetry it's really interesting you might some, get someone who has a notebook and they read their poems out in Hindi they just read them and then you might get like a another person who is very loud and emotive and uh, over the top about their their poetry uh, in, a, mm-hmm. in a good way um, 
but it's interesting that it brings all those people together you know mm. yeah that's cool so listen thanks for having a chat uh so if somebody's listening to this in ireland and they're coming over to dubai where would they uh find a local comedy to go to uh, would they online for example how could they check it out before they come over um well you can follow me follow uh, you yeah, sarcasm with a z um <laughs> then we have uh our zoo zoo animal productions is what they do a lot of gigs but we have a comedy page called dubai comedy or yeah. no 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 dubai stand-up yeah um and we post most of our gigs there um oh, yeah. there's uh, some great comedians as well there's a filipino lady called ima yeah. She's doing so well right now. Um, um, Ima Dumagai, so you might find her at Ima Comedy. Um, or Ab Sally, which I said, I am Ab Sally. And we, all, the, all of us would be doing two, or two to four to five gigs a night anyway, so you'll always find it. Are you serious? Nice. Um, I'll have to maybe have a chat with some of the other comedians as well. Class, I'll, 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 I'll set you up. Oh, that'd be great. Mm. Brilliant. Well... And if you uh, are you uh, you don't go back then to Ireland and do gigs at all now at this stage. You're, no. Yeah, I so said you haven't been back in three years. I something? haven't been back in three years. Yeah. yeah. So it's been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless they want me to come and you know headline Vicker Street. Um, right. Are I you have. listen? <laughs> I will not fill the room for you, but I'll. I'll put on a good you show. <laughs> you fill it I mean, with your essence. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> Thanks for chatting to me. No bother. It's been fun. Well, that was Sahar Ali and thank, uh, I'd like to thank her for... Uh, coming all the way over to the hotel and everything i know she just flown back from ireland so she fair play and um uh, you know uh, it, 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 the time difference here as well if you're after coming from Ireland, you don't know where you are like 12 o'clock in the day is bleeding eight o'clock in the morning like you know and all that so you don't know if you're coming and going or, or coming and or going um uh, it's very uh, mask orientated here, though. You've got to wear your mask outside and everything everywhere. Um, and yet, when you go into a bar, um, once you're drinking, you can take it off. It's metal, played mental it is. Um, but uh, it's probably the safest place you could be here because you had to get it. We had to get a test. Like even though we were vaccinated, you had to get a test before you even left Ireland and. Uh, um, masks everywhere and sanitizers everywhere and I believe during the summer um, there was a curfew here you had to be in by a certain time you couldn't be out and there were drones spraying the streets with sanitizer now that's what you need to get rid of the bleeding COVID anyway look uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and listening and uh, I don't know who will be talking to the next time but uh I'm sure it'll be someone of immense interest. In the meantime, goodbye.
Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.